Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to a brand new year, the very first Sunday of the new year. I also want to welcome specifically all the men and women joining us live at the Orleans Justice Center and also the St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, can we just welcome all those? So excited to have you guys with us at Church of the King. So, so exciting. I love this time of the year. I love the very first weekend, really the first month. Uh, of the year. I think it's so important what we do right up front to set course for the year. Now, I want to say just a couple things. It's really interesting. I, I, uh, Pastor Dave DeGarmo, who I mentioned that spoke last week and did a great job. Uh, Pastor Dave spoke about vision and dreams for the new year, what God's placed in your heart. And, and you know, really, when you come in in December, and particularly if you, as you get halfway through, you become very reflective. You start reevaluating things. You look at maybe uh, goals from the past year and different expectations you had. And you begin to evaluate. How did I do here? And how did I end up financially and professionally and relationally? And maybe there were some physical goals, whether it's to maybe get in shape or, or whatever it is. Maybe there was goals with children to be able to accomplish it. Whatever it is, they're, they're, in December, it's interesting as you come, and particularly I do this where I start evaluating. How did I do and then in light of that, you begin to set new goals, and, and you have new vision, a new expectation for a new year. One of the areas that I think that we don't put enough emphasis on is this, spiritual goals. And in order to set spiritual goals, we have to pause, and we have to ask ourselves this question. Here it is. How did we do spiritually in 2017. I'm not talking about just financially. And by the way, that's right and appropriate. You want to evaluate things. I'm not talking about professionally. That's right and appropriate. Those of you that run businesses or you're, you're in different careers, whatever, you, you set expectations and goals and, and you mark it off and smart goals, right? Specific goals, measurable goals, attainable, all that. I, I, all of that, I, I, I think it's biblical. Habakkuk 2.2, write the goals, make it plain. Write the vision down. But what about spiritual goals? My question is, did you have spiritual goals for 2017? You see, in order to set new goals for 2018, we have to evaluate. How do we do? How do we do spiritually in 2017? I believe that all of us would probably fall in one of three categories. Number one. The first group would fall in what I would say, and I say this respectfully. Again, you love God, you know you're a Christian, but the truth is 2017 would be marked by the word apathy. You were somewhat apathetic. Again, you're a Christian, you know you're going to heaven, you love Jesus, but, but you were so distracted this year. There wasn't, in other words, and you've heard this principle before, particularly those of you in a relationship or married or whatever, what you put into it, you what? You get out of it. And it was just, there was a certain apathy spiritually where you didn't just, you didn't put a lot into it. And because of that, you're not where you want to be spiritually. Again, it's not that you're not a Christian, but you were just apathetic related to, I say, Pastor, I'll be honest, man, I, the Bible, I just, I, I was busy this year. I had a lot on my plate, I, prayer. I mean, I thought about God every now and then, but I didn't really commune with God in prayer, church attend. I mean, geez, I didn't really show up much. Get, I mean, 
apathetic. Number two, there's a second group, and I wouldn't say they're apathetic, but there's a second group, and I would say it's a group called inconsistent. This group, again, and there's a group of you guys that have been inconsistent, where you started off, you heard pastor talking about, man, we're going to read the Bible through in one year, it's going to be awesome, and, and man, you were, you were into it, man, and you woke up, you made coffee, you sat, you had your little chair, and you started, and you won your Bible, and you got it, you were so fired up, and you got to March, April, and you were like on Genesis chapter 10. Which, that's the first 10 chapters of the Bible. I want everybody to, in case you, Genesis is the beginning. That's what it means. Or, or you, you got fired up about prayer. You thought, Pastor said, we got to pray, and the morning's a good time. And so you, you're a kneeler, and so you, you got there, and you, you knelt down, and you, you put your head by your bed, and you, you, and you, you woke up an hour later. <laughs> by the way, don't ever do that. I'm just telling you, you, know, you can't just, you know, don't, don't do that. It's not that you're not a Christian. It's not that you don't love God, but there was just an inconsistency. An inconsistency. The third group, you would be considered, and it's not prideful to say, say, Pastor, I was passionate for God. I mean, I, it's not, I wasn't perfect. By the way, there's no perfect people. Isn't that right? There's no perfection in the kingdom of God. Only one person perfect, his name was Jesus. And he got killed for being perfect, by the way. It's not about perfection, but there was a passion in your heart. There was a fire on the inside. There was a, there was, I mean, you pursued God and his word. You, you, were, you, were, you were showing up in God's presence. And, and I mean, you prayed and you fasted at the beginning of the year. You were a consistent giver. I mean, all you led people to cry. I mean, there was a fire in your heart. So my question is, if you fell in category one, and category two, what are you going to do differently this year? I mean, a good coach, you evaluate, right? You, you, a good pastor, like a good coach, you want to evaluate what we did. You want to make adjustments at halftime, right? You want to make adjustments so you can play the game better in the second half. See, I believe as we come to the end of the year in December, we want to evaluate how we did. We're making adjustments. Why? Because it's a, it's a new half. It's a, it's a new game. It's a, it's a new moment. And so we want to make sure we've got to identify where we are. No shame in that, but we have to say, you know what? This is where I've been. So that, so that in 2018, we don't end up at the end next year where we are right now. And we say, Pastor, I really didn't grow. Here's what I found out about spiritual growth. You guys ready for this? Here's what I found out. Spiritual growth, you have to be intentional to grow. Nobody just grows spiritually. It's like a marriage. You have, you know, you have to be intentional in a relationship. You've got to be intentional. It's not like we just kind of grew. No, you actually grow apart. You don't grow together by osmosis. Are y'all with me? It's the same way in the kingdom of God. You don't just, I just, I don't know how I grow close to God. No, I'm going to tell you how you grow close to God. You, you fell in love with God and you read his word and you became somebody that communed with prayer and you learned how to repent of sin real quick. You know what spiritual maturity is? Here's what it is. It's the gap between when you sin and when you repent gets real small. See, the reality is, is it's an issue of priority. Who's first? Everybody say, who's on first? Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Here's what he said. But seek first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth, not after you've called everybody, exhausted all your resources, all your means. Oh, yeah. What about God? That, that's not what this is about. This is about putting God first place in your life. 
It's not to suggest that professionally things aren't important. It's not to suggest that our family's not important, our relationships are not important. Of course they are, but they're not priority. Priority first is God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek first God's word. Seek first prayer. Seek first to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Seek first to setting our heart. God, you're number one. If we seek God first, the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, all these things, professional advancement, intimacy in your relationships, prosper, everything that you need comes as we put God's first. Now, I do want to say this. I cannot make you a promise that if you seek God with all of your heart in 2018, that you won't have any problems. I can't. Why? Jesus said, in this world, we're going to have challenges. So I'm not suggesting that. That church, man, they'll promise you a carefree life. No, nope, I didn't say that. I do think you'll have wisdom and power to walk through the challenges. Let me tell you another promise. I can't promise you if you seek God and put him first this year, you're going to get the dream job. You'll have no relationship. I didn't say that, but I will say this. If you put God first, it will be your best spiritual year ever. I believe that. I believe that. I want to talk to you today about three dimensions of putting God first. I want to talk to you today about putting God first with your time. I want to talk to you about putting God first with your talents. And then I want to end up talking to you about putting God first with your treasure. If you have your notes at all of our campuses, our South Shore, Gulf Coast, all our campuses, I put notes, by the way, in the bulletin for all of our guests here so you can follow along if you'd like and you little blanks at different times and stuff, but, or write different thoughts down. Number one, put God first. Put God first in your, everybody say it, time. Time. Time is an interesting thing. It is such a valuable resource, and yet it's so often neglected. It's so often not even thought about. How many times in our lives do we not think about the things that we're participating in? For instance, the law of gravity. I'm, I didn't go up and say, you know what? Man, I tell you, I am so expecting and hopeful that the law of gravity is going to work today. We don't talk about that, right? I mean, it's like the law of gravity, just part of it. Or the law of thermodynamics. I mean, all these laws. But we're participating in the laws. Whether or not we thought about it, we're participating. It they're, they're valuable laws. Now, we've learned about them in school, and yet it's, it's, it's so powerful. It's a gift from God that, that, that keeps us on the planet. It keeps us down. If we jump up, we don't just keep shooting up because gravity brings us, brings us down. There's gifts that God gives us that we don't think about. For instance, the seasons. We don't think about that. How many of y'all like living in the South, particularly the South Louisiana, Mississippi? You can experience all four seasons in two days. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> By the way, can, I just, can we just confess in church, how many of y'all are looking forward to, or it's a little bit of warm weather? Is that okay? Just a little bit? I know that, you know, those of you transferring up north, about time y'all felt what we like. I understand that. It's like, gosh, it's been so cold lately. But we take it for granted. We take for granted the seasons. I, I've been to Alaska a number of times. Do you know in Alaska, I've been in the summertime, it only gets dark about three hours, 12 to 3. And even at that, not pitch dark. You go in the wintertime, it only is light about three hours. I mean, my gosh, I mean, we've just, we take for granted light. I, I, how about air? We take air for granted. I remember as a kid, I, my, my buddies, we would swim underwater and say, you know, who can hold their breath underwater the longest? Man, we just, you know, go underwater. And I remember one time I went back and forth, and then I got to the end, and my friend thought it was funny to kind of hold me down. It's like, ha, ha, ha. I, would, I was like, 
you know, I, just, I mean, I, I couldn't breathe. I finally got up. I put it. I said, man, what's up? I couldn't breathe. Isn't it interesting that we don't appreciate some things until we almost don't have it? What about time? What about time? Time is one of God's most precious gifts, and yet it's passing by. Every single one of us have got 365 days this year. Is this leap year? No? That would have been one extra. We all have 365 days, and we all have 24 hours in a day, right? That's what we've got. What are you going to do with your time? Interesting about God. There's a principle in the Bible of first. There's a principle in the Bible about when you put God first in anything, it establishes the priority of your heart towards God. Isn't it interesting that in the Bible there's scriptures like this? Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Early? Huh. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no... Early? So I'm going to put God for, so right when I wake up, I'm not going to wait. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, can you have a quiet time at night or in the morning? I said, listen, you can do it anytime you want. And if you want to get beat up by the devil all day long and then finally pray at nighttime, that's your point. You can do whatever you want. But me, I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I need God's help right when I wake up. I never forget reading this one time in the Bible. This was so cool. Jesus, fully God, fully man. Y'all listen to me closely. The hypostatic union, big theology term. That means he's 100% God, but he's 100% man. And yet, I remember reading this one time, and it blew me away. I thought, this is amazing. Jesus is God. No sin, no attitudes. Never woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Ever. Didn't have attitudes. Didn't have pride. And yet... I remember reading this, and I thought, this is amazing. And yet, what? Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Look what it says here. Mark 1, 35. It says, now in the what? Everybody say it. Morning. First part of the day. Not the last part. The first part of the day. Having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out to a departed place, and there he, everybody say it, prayed. Jesus, the Son of God. Whoa, like, who is he talking to? I'll tell you who he's talking to. He was talking to his father. Father, there's lots of needs out there, lots of things that I can do. Father, John chapter 5, you ought to read it. Father, what do you want me to do today? I want to make sure that my will is in concert with your will. Jesus of Nazareth. Hey, I know my sin. I know my attitudes. I know my struggle. I know all the stuff and the junk that I have to live in down here. If Jesus Christ without sin had to pray, how much more do I right when I wake up? Right when I wake up. For years, I established a prayer life when I got saved 30 years ago. I was 19. Yes, guests. I'm 49. Don't look it. Just say it. I know y'all thinking that. But I, um, I was taught how to spend time with God in the morning. I, have a, I, uh, I wake up in the morning, got out of bed, tried to come across my head. But anyway, no, I, 
I get it's the Beatles, but anyway, so I get out of bed in the morning, I make coffee because that's God's will for my life. By the way, one time somebody tried to tell me, you know, coffee's impure, you shouldn't put it in your body, and it's against God. And I said, and then they said it's unspiritual. And I said, Well, then that's one area of my life. I'm not gonna be spiritual. But anyway, so 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 I make coffee and I'll go get my chair and I'll open the Bible and I'll read the Bible. By the way, you'll never read through the Bible unless you work off of a Bible reading plan. Why do you have a Bible reading plan, Pastor? It holds you accountable. It holds you accountable. You need accountability. Do you, 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 you know what a trainer is? They, a trainer is somebody, a physical trainer. They stand there and they cheer you on, but, but it's really the plan that they give you. You need a plan. Why? Because you will only grow to the degree that you follow the plan. Why? I, so it's why I just kind of just open it up wherever. Just got, that, that works for about three days. But if you have a plan, I use the Life Journal reading plan. It helps me. And I encourage you guys to get a plan. Again, I'm not talking about you have to spend an hour in the morning. Start off with 10 minutes of reading. Matter of fact, they have a new thing in the Life Journal called the Express Reading Plan for the super busy people. But here's what I know. Look, at, look, look right here at all of our campuses. If Jesus Christ had to wake up early in the morning and to check into headquarters before he went through the day, how much more do we? Everybody say the first part of the day. Let me give you another first. The first part of the week we gather together. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Look what it says. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, there is a principle in the Bible where the people of God, both in the Old Testament, Jewish people on Saturday, and believers in the New Testament and throughout church history gathered together on the first day of the week to seek God corporately together. There's something that happens when we gather together as the people of God. There's something about the worship. There's something about the collective hearing of God's word. There's something about the encouragement that we get from what. There's something that happens good in our hearts when we put God first and God's house first in the first day of the week. Something about that. So powerful. I want to make a couple statements. I, I, I know that we live in a busy culture. I know all of you are busy people. I also understand where I live. I live in South Louisiana. I know our campus in Biloxi, South Mississippi. I understand uh, as well uh, that we're Americans. I understand that we have iPhones. I understand that we have all those things. I understand that in South Louisiana, there's lots of options with life, right? And I, and I want to go on record saying is that, is that for instance, today, like I, I, I like the Saints. I know we have Saint, New Orleans Saints coaches in our church. I know we have New Orleans Saints players in our church, and I like football. I, I, I also know we have LSU coaches, and, and, and we love LSU. And, so, and I also know we have Tulane coaches, and we love Tulane football and, 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 and all the sports, also Pelicans. And I appreciate NBA sports. Matter of fact, Tiffany's husband is is one of the scouts or the head of scouting. We pray in the name of Jesus. He never gets transferred because we like Tiffany who sings. How many of y'all appreciate Tiffany leading us in worship? So listen, so I understand that. So I like NBA. I like, I like all that stuff. I, I, I like all of that. I understand that we have that a lot. I understand that. I also understand there's parades and there's these parades and Mardi Gras and then there's Italian-Irish and Italian-Italian and then Italians have parades to themselves. And, and I understand all those. I understand all those things and, and turn the thing and you kiss the person and all that. So I understand all that. And then they got festivals. You got the French Fort Festival and the, and, and the Jazz Festival and the Po' Boy Festival and the Gumbo Festival and the Strawberry Festival 
festival. And, and by the way, Pastor Dave DeGarmo once was the Pope of the Po' Boy Festival. I'm not joking. I'm serious. He really was. He prayed the blessing. They called him the Pope for the day. So I understand. I understand where I live. I understand all the, I understand there's, there's sports and there's kids. I have kids. I have four kids. I understand football, basketball. I understand travel, baseball. People get Winnebago's. And for two years, we're going to follow our eight-year-old around because he's going to be an NBA. He's going to be a professional baseball player. When I, I get, but I'm going to tell you at some point in time, you got to go to church at some point in time, at some point in time. And then somebody real religious, I am the church. Oh, gosh, give me a break. <laughs> no, no, Hebrews says this. Here's what Hebrews says. It says, do not forsake, consider what, stir up love and good works, not forsaking of the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Pastor, we go to online church. Let's talk about online church. All the people watching online, we love you. There's 2,000 people watching every week online. Let me just say this. If you're online and you're part of Church of King, either, number one, you're either, you should be either sick and you couldn't come to church, be out of town and you don't want to miss pastor's message, or C, you've never been to our church and you look at some website and you want to know if I'm weird before you actually show up. But don't just, I, I met some in our church six months ago. I said, where you been? We go to online church. How about the presence of God? How about worship? How about the anointing of the Holy Spirit? How about high-fiving people? How about we need one another in order to grow in God? Y'all with me? I'm spitting, rebaptizing everybody up front. And I appreciate our online. We have people from Indiana, Ohio, all over the world that watch. I appreciate it. But, man, if you're in this area, I understand there's the exception. But, man, we ought to be consistent to be in the house of God. How many times have somebody said, Pastor, I, I can't tell you how many times, I, I wasn't going to come to church today, but I came. That just, I had a lady tell me, Pastor, were you speaking to me today in church? And I said, ma'am. And all due respect, I, I surely wasn't talking to ladies over there at First Baptist Church. Of course I was talking. Who else, who else would I be talking to? I, here's my point. Here's my point. If I'm your pastor and I'm hearing God's word, and we've got great guest speakers. In there, but, but here's the thing. The one word from God can change your life. Hey, yeah, you ever had somebody, I, 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 when I talk about things, I can see people. And they're like, did you call him this week and tell him what we're talking about this week? <laughs> I don't know what you're going through, but God knows what you're going through. And if I'm your pastor, you ought to be in the house. And by the way, by the way, you don't know how easy you got it. When I got saved 30 years ago, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Then we had these things called revival meetings. Y'all go one time for an hour and 10 minutes. My God, y'all got it easy. All right, I got to get to the next point. I got to get to the next one. Everybody say this. First part of the day. First part of the week. All right, number two, put God first in your talents. So we're talking about our time, our talents, and our treasure. 
We need to use our God-given gifts in 2018 to serve God's people. Every one of us have gifts and talents and abilities, unique personalities. We're a bundle of talents. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, look what the Bible says. It says, as each one has received a gift. You have a gift. I'm not the only one with a gift. You have a gift from God. As each one has received a gift. Minister. You're called to minister. All right? Use that gift to minister. Let me pause there. To one another as good stewards. Now, now leave this right here. I want to press you a little bit. All right? Let me say what I'm not saying. Let me, let me qualify this. God has given you talents and gifts. Some of y'all are going to go, I've never saw that before. You have talents and gifts from God that God gave you at birth. When you got born again, you got spiritual gifts. Now listen to me very closely. God has gifted you, yes, to excel professionally. Yes, as an architect, as a plumber, an engineer, a teacher, whatever it is that you do. Construction, all the, yes, God has given you gifts to excel professionally, to develop a product, to deliver a service. Absolutely, God has gifted you to excel and prosper, and the Bible teaches that, and I teach that, to make a difference in culture, to, 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 to excel. Absolutely. But, have you ever thought about this? Are you using your gifts at any level spiritually to minister to people? So there's a professional utilization of your gifts, but is there any place in your world where you're using your gifts to minister in the name of Jesus to people? Like a small group leader? I, I love when I pull into church and I see people that I know in our church that do all different kinds of jobs and own businesses and lots of responsibility. And they're out there ushering. A great, what, are they do, what are they doing? Well, they're just, you know, there's the parking lot person. No, no, no. Here's what they're doing. They're helping people not kill other people. <laughs> okay. And walk away from Christ because they're mad at this church. No, but they're helping people part. They're serving people. How many times is a greeter? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how spiritual a greeter is. You know, people got all these lies and rejections and hurts from the world, and nobody likes me. And I'm going to go to that church, and I heard about that church, and I heard about that preacher. And if nobody says hi to me, I'll know that God's not real. And I'm telling you, this is this happens. And they walk into church, and some greeter looks them in the eye. They're not being paid. We don't pay our greed. This isn't Walmart. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Walmart, but, you know, welcome to Walmart. Welcome to Walmart. Welcome to Walmart. <laughs> this, is, this is the church of Jesus Christ. We're not the only church. There's lots of good churches. But it's welcome to Church of the King. Ah. Ah. That's only one person. Then they'd meet another greeter. Hi, how are you doing? Good to see you. Can we go? Huh. Huh. These people are too friendly. They're strange. Uh, what do they want? Uh, huh. Use your gifts to, everybody say minister. Question, where are you planning to use your gifts through God's church in 2018? I remember growing up, and I say this respectfully, towards a church that I went to years ago. The sense was that if you tried to achieve anything professionally, you were selling out on actually using your gifts for God. I'm not saying that. We don't want you in church 24-7. We want you out there making a difference. I'm not going to go to Shell Oil Company, but you are. Are you with me? But, but, caveat, there is some element 
where you have to use your gifts at some level in the name of Jesus to minister to people. And on that AutoCAD, drawing up that geological thing, looking around, you're not ministering in the name of Jesus to somebody. Are y'all with me? You're using your gifts to professionally move the ball forward for your life and family, which is good and right and very wonderful. But you also need to use your gifts to minister at some level. Are y'all with me? That's good preaching. I don't care if you liked it or not. That's good. That's really good. Let me give you a third thing. I'm just spitting today. I don't mean to. I apologize. Have you been baptized, sir? You've been three times baptized. I just, just put God first in your finances. Everybody say, okay, here it is. Put, everybody say, put God first in the morning, at the first of the week, with my gifts. Now watch this, time, talent, treasure. Third and last thing, put God first in your finances. Let me say a couple statements before I read three scriptures and we'll close. Church of the King is a blessed church and you guys are blessed people. You guys are amazing. I, I can't wait to march till you realize what our church has done and what we're giving away and how we've helped people. It's been the greatest year we've ever had, ever. Okay. What I'm about to say is not because the church is in need of money. It's I'm about to teach you a principle for five minutes because you need to live 2018 when the windows of heaven open over your life. Are you with me? Very, very important. The Bible says this, Leviticus chapter 20, is something, what, what do you do with the first part of your increase, the first part of your income? Leviticus chapter 27, remember, we're putting God first in the morning, we're putting God first in the week, we're putting God first with our talents, we're putting God first with our treasure. And all the tithe, what's the word tithe mean? It means tenth, masar, the Hebrew word masar means tenth, ten percent. Why did God say 10% belongs to him? Why? Why not nine? Why not? I don't know. Other than the fact that 10 is always the number of testing in the Bible. There was 10 plagues that God tested at Pharaoh's heart. There was 10 commandments, big 10. There was 10 lepers that God healed. And there, there's something about 10. 10 is a number of testing. And when we get paid, every time we get paid, the test is, do we return back to God what God asks is his? All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it's the Lord's. It's holy. The first tenth, it's holy unto God. Powerful. Pastor, what are you talking about? There's an ancient biblical principle, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that when we get paid, we bring our first 10%. It is holy to God. Holy to God. That first part. That's what the Bible says. Holy to God. Everybody say holy to God. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. What we do with that first part, because it requires faith. What do we do it? We're saying, God, you are number one in my finances. That's what you're doing when you tithe. You know, my mom was a wonderful woman. She was at the last service. Love my mom. She was great. She was a worker. I mean, she just, she was a principal. I made us work as kids. I just a worker. She's just real strong. And she prayed for me. As a teenager, she prayed for me, and, just, and she used to tell me all the time as a kid, she used to say, Steve, don't you test the Lord. Do y'all have a mom like that? She'd pray for me, slap me at the same time. How I many you know, just, yeah. I know that was a 70s, you can't do that today, I get it, I understand that, but she just, you pray for me in the name of Jesus, you know. And I, I can tell you something, I love my mom. In this area, she was wrong. 
99.9% of the time, you cannot test God. Except in this one area. One area. Malachi chapter 3, bring all the tithes, the first 10% of your income, into the storehouse, the place that you're fed spiritually, that there may be food in my house. And everybody say it, try me. Some of your translations, New American Standard thing, says, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. Look at the next verse. Watch this. If I not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there not be room enough to receive it. Oh, yeah. Immediately, so I said, well, yeah, I know this rich guy. He doesn't tithe, and he's rich. No, 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 no. The biblical blessing is not just related to finances. It's related to the totality of life. It's the peace of God, the presence of God. It includes finances, but it includes the favor of God, hearing the voice of God, God speaking to you. How many of you want God's windows opened over your life in 2018? I do. Last scripture, Proverbs 3. Look what it says here. Honor the Lord. Do you know every time you tithe, you give your first 10% to God? You honor the Lord with your possessions, the first fruits of all your increase. You get paid a bonus. You sell something, boom, right off the bat. Your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow. Let me just tell you something. I was discipled by four people. My dad, the associate pastor of my church, Pastor Doug Arman is on our staff, and a businessman. And I thank God 30 years ago, before I was a pastor, 12 years before, they taught me, I was in college, I, was, I sold shoes, and then I worked in a business with this gentleman, and he taught me, Steve, when you get paid, first 10% belongs to God. And then I gave over and above offerings. I'd give to the poor over and above my tithe, which is an offering, and I gave their building a youth center at the church, and I, gave, I remember an offering. So, so it, it became part of my life. Do you know something? The, don't miss this. The only thing, action, that you can actually do to make sure that you do not become a lover of money is be a tither. Because let me tell you what tither does. It lances materialism and it keeps God over your heart and over the money that you have. And then, watch this, and then money becomes an amazing tool. Money's not evil, it's the love of money. See, God is a great God. Money becomes God, it's not good. But when God is God and money's a tool, you can help a whole bunch of people. Are y'all with me? A whole bunch of people. I'll finish with this. Everybody say this. We put God first in the morning, in the first of the week, with our talents, with our money, watch this, and with our year. Why do we fast at Church of the King? We fast at Church of the King in the beginning of the year because we need God to do new things in our hearts. I do. I love God. I feel like I've had a pretty good year spiritually, but there's some challenges in my life. I need some breakthroughs in some areas. You, can, can I say that? I need some breakthroughs in some areas. And something happens when you, when you fast. What is fasting? It's when you temporarily say no to food. Hang on. Maybe it's Jew. Well, I, what do I do? The, this, the starting Monday, I'll do liquids for one week. So I say, well, you know, what can I put? You know, can I have like a muscle punch smoothie? <laughs> You know, can I do that? Can I, we, my wife and I, we puree vegetables and kind of meat products and put it in there. Can, can we do that? Is that? Is, this is not legalism. It's do whatever you want. Are you with me? This is not legalism. But there's something about when you say no to whatever food you say, and you say it gives you more time with God. It gives you time. And it's something that happens with your soul. First part of the year. It, it, 
By the way, physically it helps you as well, but it's spiritually. You get attuned to the voice of God. Yeah. I got to tell you what happened. I'll close with this story. Talking about breakthrough. This church is 18 years old. My wife and I started the church. We were asked to come over. You guys know the story. I don't have to go through it. The church was almost two years old, and we needed to buy this building. Matter of fact, this building right next door at the Little Creek called the Annex, which we painted that ugly green roof last year. Thank you, Jesus. I was like, why? I was like, guys, why are we not painting it? So we painted it. So, but we bought it years ago, 16 years ago, and we needed 700. I'm talking about the power of fasting. This is important about breakthroughs. We needed $700,000. I went before the church. We had about 600 people. I said, guys, I was going to tell you, we need, five, we need $700,000. We had 500,000. We raised $500,000 above the regular giving. The church had 600 people 16 years ago in 30 days. We were 200,000 short, a little over 200,000. <clears> so we had a piece of property that was given to the church. And so I said, we got to sell this piece. Well, it had been for sale since they, uh, early in the church for about a year and a half at that time. So we, I, I, I just, I said, you know what? In the Bible, when they needed mountains moved, remember Jesus one time that the disciples were like, Jesus, this demon, this thing ain't coming out. And he said, let me tell you how you get it out. Through prayer and what? Say it. Good. Y'all smarter than the 930 group. Don't tell them. Listen, I said, hey, we're going to fast for three days. How many of y'all were part of the church when y'all remember this? Anybody? Is anybody in here? Okay. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember when we did this in the church? Okay. So we actually went on the property. Okay. And and by the way, oh, I didn't tell you this. We were going to lose the contract on this building unless we had the cash. And we were already going to borrow a million and a half. It was like 2.2. We need 700. We had, so we were max. Everything was maxed. So we had to have $200,000. And so we fasted. May God be my witness. And y'all remember this, who was it? The last day of the fast, which was a three-day fast, okay? The, they call, this guy calls a real estate agent. She calls me. She goes, Pastor, somebody wants to buy it. They want to sign it, but it's got to be today. I'm like, Okay. We close within 30 days, and I say this respectfully, okay? Those of you that know the story, may God be my witness. We sold in 30 days. We closed. We got the money. 30 days after that, he puts it back up for sale. says, I hate that. I don't even know why I bought that piece of property. Now, if it was you, God bless you. We're so grateful. Thank you so much. I'm not exactly sure if you're in the church or not. But how many of you know if there's a mountain that needs to be moved in your life, why not try fasting and prayer. Come on, y'all receive that? Why not? Let's stand.